Welcome to Love Well, Be Well, a podcast where we speak candidly about all things health and well-being. My name is Christine Glissman, and I'm a health educator in health promotion services here at UCSD. On this episode of Love Well, Be Well, we'll be discussing the college environment and substances. So we hope you get inspired, we hope you feel connected, and we hope you discover new ways to live your best life. Let's get started. So my primary role on UCSD's campus is to help educate on alcohol and other drugs, to promote safer usage if people decide to use, and to support those in recovery from substances or any other kind of addictive behavior. My main goal for this role, or I guess in my job, is to really help shift the culture in regards to substances. Now, the reason that I kind of got into this work, I have a very heavy sort of exercise science, uh, wellness health background. Um, but the reason I really got into substance work um, is because I did misuse and abuse substances in high school and undergrad. Um, put myself in a decent amount of risky situations. Most of the time, though, I mean, I was good because, or safe, I guess, because I had more uh, sober friends to look after me um, and like more sober, not necessarily entirely, but just a little bit more sober to kind of look after me. Um, but that wasn't always the case. And uh, since then I've done a lot of reflection. I also started um, volunteering as a wellness peer educator at my alma mater at that time and learned a lot more about alcohol and drugs, learned about always wanted always was health focused. My my background and my desire health was always kind of the main thing. But I think people sort of learn through time um, about substances, right? And what they can handle or just, you know, generally learn a lot more about substances. So through that experience, and I think just a lot of reflection and a lot of work done on my part, I started to sort of shift my motivations and I have cultivated a healthy relationship with substances, um, which is pretty much based on moderation at all times. That even includes kind of the higher use holidays, right? Um, and even higher use sort of breaks when thinking of sort of, um, you know, what kind of happens in a year, New Year's, Halloween, those are sometimes considered very high use holidays in general and also in the college, but I like to practice moderation at all of those times. Um, and I really make sure that I never, I'm in the right mindset if I do um, say want to have a glass of wine or want to have a cocktail or something, I choose to never use to sort of cope um, so if I'm feeling as though I'm really stressed, I will make the decision to do something else and not have um, any substances. And I also really make sure that I'm doing, um, I'm pacing with myself. I'm setting boundaries and limits with myself and not relying on others to kind of set the pace for consumption uh, and definitely not to use any substances to sort of conform to those around me. So definitely did some of that right in sort of, um, my misuse or abuse days, but really have done a lot of work in, in my life with skill development and all these other things to make sure I'm using sort of for the right reasons and using in moderation. And my hope really is to get students at UCSD to think about their use, um, figure out why they use to understand the risks associated with substances and really sort of how to live in moderation if they choose to use. 
substances are clearly not risk-free or everyone would be sort of using them 24 seven, um, but they can be used in a way that is more safe or less risky. So that's kind of the harm reduction approach that myself in the Office of Health Promotion Services takes. We want you to get all the goods out of your use, but avoid all of the negative consequences. And to kind of do that is to sort of use in moderation. And this can be sort of difficult, right? Like this is skill-based stuff. This is environment-based stuff. Based on that, I kind of just want to first take some time to sort of talk about the college environment, um, what it kind of looks like now and how it can at times promote riskier behavior, um, especially related to sort of substances. So um, I'm just going to list them off, kind of give some commentary in between. These are kind of the main ones that we know from the research um, and also just sort of experience, you know, being in college and or now working at a university. So number one, sort of the what makes sort of a college environment kind of riskier. Uh, number one is the prevalence of uh, binge drinking or heavy, heavy episodic drinking, which is classified as like four to five drinks within a two hour period. Um, and that's standard sort of drink sizes, um, but it is consuming uh, that amount quickly, right? It's a large amount quickly. And about 35% of college students report binge drinking across the country as compared to about 33% of persons of the same age that sort of drink in that way. Um, now, 35 for college students and 33 for age-matched peers outside of college doesn't seem like a huge jump, uh, but let me kind of put that in some perspective for you. So that is not that is the sort of 18 to 22-year-old traditional college-age students in America. Now, the difference between 35 and 33 is actually a difference of a uh, hundred of thousands. So there's 30.6 or something uh, million people within that age group. So when we're thinking about 35% of college students report binge drinking, so the difference from 35% to 33% is about 610,000 people. That's the sort of difference between those two percentage points. So it's a very, it's a large difference. So that kind of plays into this sort of data that the college experience can at times sort of have sort of riskier behavior. Um, a little over a third um, or around a third of students maybe partake in sort of binge drinking. Uh, number two uh, is the ease of drug availability. Number three, exposure to drug experimentation. It is very much so kind of an experimentation game. And that's why college campuses really put a lot of time and effort into education. We want you to know sort of what, what happens, what certain substances are, what their impact can kind of be. So it doesn't have to be so much exper experimental. Uh, we want you to come into it with knowledge. So if you choose to use you're not sort of using blindly or relying on anyone else because people's tolerance levels are different. Uh, drugs impact people in different ways. So you try not make it an experimentation game. Four, peer pressure. Five, lack of parental or guardian influence. So those that we're growing up with that are kind of raising us, if they have kind of conversations about substances, maybe their expectations, maybe talking about your expectations, just kind of having an open environment to sort of discuss these things that is sort of a positive protective factor against sort of misuse and abuse. But freedom from sort of influence and guidance from 
parents or guardians can sort of impact the environment and misuse or abuse. So that's number five. Number six, normalization of drug use among peers. So high schoolers entering college might have a certain perception of what the college experience is going to be like. Right. You might have gotten this from movies, social media, from maybe older friends. Um, any of those things kind of paint a picture, right, um, of what maybe college is going to be like. Uh, they don't really, um, in a lot of movies, they don't glamorize studying or even like being stressed because you're trying to work hard to do well. They glamorize the other things. And then number seven, so low perceived risk of harm from drug use because of norm number six, which is normalization. So because of sort of drug use being normalized in our minds, um, it can't be risky or dangerous, right? Hopefully you caught the sarcasm because uh, any substance use is not without risk. Um, some definitely are riskier than others, but they, they do have an impact on our health, mentally, physically. Um, they have a lot of impacts, especially with heavy or consistent sort of use, daily use, the kind of risk goes up. So they, there's risk associated, even with prescribed drugs. So Adderall, um, Ritalin, any kind of study aid things, those have associated risk with them, prescribed or not. Um, so that's why you're supposed to take it in the prescribed way. If you're not prescribed it, do not take it. So it is sort of normalized, which impacts sort of our beliefs about how harmful that it is. Uh, young people also, among others, right? Kind of any kind of age group also suffer from what is kind of called the the myth of invincibility basically the belief that they won't suffer any negative consequences uh, like they won't get caught or substances won't kind of impact their physical or mental health so basically like nothing i'm untouchable nothing can kind of touch me um, or also just the that's like a 10 year from now the me problem right so there's a lot of health behaviors that can be formed now, which greatly impact disease risk and health in the future. And lastly, kind of the one of the, the last really big thing about the college environment is that those that uh, use, but maybe don't use heavily. So they, they're not binge drinking. They're not of the third of people that might kind of partake in some binge drinking. They might sort of consume in moderation. Um, but another big impact to sort of heavy misuse or abuse is over breaks and holidays. So once midterms are done, once finals are done, holidays, spring break, these, these times are associated with heavy use. And it's associated with heavy use for those that are already heavy users and those that are not normally heavy users. So then we can really see like a, the larger sort of population that doesn't normally consume heavily in these moments or breaks, holidays kind of throughout the year, they are using heavily and those have negative consequences as well. So it's, it's about um, the heavy use in general that we kind of target and help kind of educate on, but it's also those episodic heavy use times which can have a really, really huge impact, physical, mental health, epidemic, anything like that. So of all the things that I kind of listed, I'll kind of list them quickly again. So it's binge drinking. So the prevalence of sort of heavy, heavy use with any kind of substance, uh, ease of drug availability, exposure to drug experimentation, peer pressure, lack of parental guardian influence, normalization of drug use among peers, 
low perceived risk of harm from drug use. Then also those that do not use heavily, uh, they use heavily um, during breaks and holidays. So this is a, a picture of sort of the college environment. Um, I don't know about you, but I do think that the sort of current culture regarding substances in colleges is problematic. Um, this environment, environment in itself can lead to a plethora of problems like trouble academically, uh, mental health issues, injuries, uh, the list kind of goes on. Um, now, when this environment is coupled with people that maybe have higher risk factors for substance use in the beginning, the likelihood of them developing a substance use disorder or a problem is much greater. So the environment coupled with general risk factors that we kind of carry um, can definitely impact and increase the likelihood of developing a disorder for substance use. So some of the risk factors, just to give you an idea of some of the the bigger ones is not an all-encompassing list, but some of the risk factors include untreated anxiety and depression, uh, unresolved childhood trauma, social isolation, and poor distress tolerance. So kind of in order to protect yourself against a substance use disorder or, or misuse or abuse kind of regarding substances, one should aim for kind of obviously the opposite of that, right? So um, to take time to sort of work through and heal from the past, um, whether this be therapy, whether this be group support stuff, um, whether this be maybe your own kind of self-improvement, but I am a person that I've gone to therapy. I think therapy is great. I think everyone should be in it. Um, so kind of healing from the past, right? Sort of dealing with maybe any mental health things that are going on, the anxiety, the depression, um, resolving or figuring out a better way to view, look at, kind of manage a uh, past childhood trauma. That's another, that's another huge one. Um, also to develop love for oneself, um, having a high regard for oneself is protective against uh, misuse and abuse, developing skills to deal with the world. Uh, the world is tough. Um, even out of college, I'm out of college for quite some time. I'm still stressed. Stress still exists. So being able just to kind of handle everything that the world throws at you, having a high distress tolerance, the ability to deal with stressful times, and that's skill-based, skill-based a lot of the times. And to also um, change the controllable environment. Um, there's a lot of things we can't control in our environment. Um, there's definitely some that, that we can. That's also kind of important too in being protective against sort of misuse and abuse. Now, I'm not here to sort of solve all of this right now, but I really hope that anyone that is sort of listening that maybe is curious about their use, maybe experiencing a lot of negative outcomes related to their use, or maybe just trying to find sort of support in um, maintaining harm reduction approaches or maintaining sort of sobriety, that uh, you do have support here at UCSD. Um, one of the big ones that I, I help uh, coordinate is the Collegiate Recovery Program here at UCSD, really a space um, for support, support from you know, building a community of people that are like-minded, right? That, that environment piece that's really important in moving forward with any kind of behavior change. Also, to support um, in meetings, like support to actually maintain sobriety or to help maintain 
harm reduction or to avoid these negative consequences, support in doing that, ideas, skill building, things like that. Um, and then also a service sort of aspect too. It's a little different right now because of COVID, but those are kind of the, the tenants of a good, really good collegiate recovery program. Um, and you can be a part of this program if you are wanting to change your use, just curious about your use maybe. Um, maybe find support in your sobriety or your harm reduction. Mm, or if you need support with, um, let's say any other kind of addictive behaviors like a sex addiction, a gaming addiction, a self addiction. Um, if you're just needing support in sort of healing and wanting to be around people that are like-minded and wanting to sort of heal and thrive and kind of build a life outside of what was maybe the harmful thing, right? Maybe substances. Um, so we were just here to support you. So wanted to kind of paint a picture today um, about kind of the college environment, the kind of difficulties that, you know, my role kind of has on any college campus. Um, but really the ask that a lot of those things that were listed are um, not exactly adaptable by me. A lot of the times it is, um, I help facilitate, I try to help facilitate reflection, um, thinking about your use, right? Why you use, how you use those things, try to facilitate really good conversations, curious, being non-judgmental. Um, but also it's it's on it's on the person too. If you are at a place where you want to change, you have the supports here to help you do that. So the reason why I'm bringing up all this kind of college environment substances is because this next week um, and the month of April are both awareness weeks and or months for alcohol and drugs. So I encourage you to tune in, check out our social media, check out our newsletter, check out our YouTube channel to stay updated on the events that will be occurring. A lot of awareness, a lot of education, um, a lot of good discussions uh, with people across campus to really help, you know, that might sort of help you change your relationships with substances maybe give you, or even just give you the skills to talk to your friends about theirs, right? Um, just really trying to get at changing the culture kind of one, one person at a time. We do a lot of, we do campus-wide things, but two, um, it's also on the individual to kind of partake um, in the shifts of culture. Um, so please tune in, watch out for all of those things. They're going to be awesome. Uh, so that kind of concludes this episode of Live Well, Be Well. If you like what you heard and would like to learn more about topics related to health and well-being, there is much more to come. Be sure to check out our website, hps.ucsd.edu, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook under at UCSDHPS. And then stay tuned for our next episode of Live Well, Be Well. Until next time, be kind, be true, be you. And remember, to be well is to live well.